0: matmani namaha yatarth gita shrimad bhagavad gita chapter 13 the sphere of action and its knower at the very outset of the gita Dhritarashtra asked Sanjay what had been done by his and pandu's sons assembled at dharmakshetra at kurukshetra for combat but it has not been made clear so far where that field or sphere is. It is only in the present chapter that Krishna makes a precise declaration of the location of the sphere.
1: (laughs) Idam shariram Kshetramityavidiyate Etadyo prahu Kshetrajya ititadvidaha
0: The Lord said, This body is, O son of Kunti, Arjun, a battlefield, Kshetra, and the men who know it, Kshetrajya, are called wise because they have grown spiritually dexterous by perceiving its essence. Instead of being involved in this sphere, the Kshetragya dominate it. So it has been said by sages who knew and comprehended its reality. When the body is only one, how can there be two spheres, Dharmakshetra and Kurukshetra? within it. In truth, within the one body there exist two distinct primeval instincts. There is first the pious treasure of divinity that provides access to the Supreme Spirit who stands for the most sublime dharma. On the other hand, there are the demoniacal impulses made up of impiety which lead a man to accept the mortal world as real. When there is abundance of divinity in the realm of the heart, the body is transmuted into a Dharmakshatra, or field of Dharma, but it degenerates into a Kurukshetra when it is dominated by devilish forces. This process of alternate rise and fall, of ascent and descent, operates at all times, but a decisive war commences between the two opposing impulses when an earnest devotee engages in the task of worship in association with a sage who has perceived reality. Gradually then, while the treasure of divinity grows, impious impulses are enfeebled and destroyed. The stage of God-realization is reached only after the complete elimination of the ill-gotten horde of unrighteousness. And even the utility of the treasure of divinity is dispensed with, after the stage of perception, for it is also then subsumed in the revered god. In Chapter 11, Arjun saw, after the Kaurav, also the warriors of his own army, plunging and vanishing into the mouth of the all-pervading god. Shatragya is the character of the self, after this final dissolution.
1: Setra gum chapimam vidhi, Sarvakshetra shubharata, Setrakshetra gayor gayanam, Yetajganam matamam.
0: And be it known to you, O Bharat Arjun, that I am the All Knowing Self. Kshetrajya in all spheres, and to me awareness of the reality of Kshetra and Shetragya, of mutable nature and the Self, is knowledge. The one who knows the reality of the sphere of the body is a Shetragya. This is vouched for by sages who have known the essence of this sphere by direct experience. Now Krishna proclaims that he too is a shetragya. In other words, he too was a yogi, indeed a yogeshwar, lord of yoga. Perception of the reality of shetra and shetragya, of nature with its contradictions, and the soul is knowledge. Knowledge is not mere dispute.
1: tat kṣetraṁ yaccha yātrikcha yadvikāriyataścayat sacayo yat
0: Listen to me briefly on the whence and what of that sphere and its variations and properties as well as on the Shetragya and his abilities. The sphere of action, of life and death, is changeable or mutable because it has evolved from some cause, whereas the Shetragya is possessed of authority. It is not only Krishna who says this. Other sages have also said the same.
1: Vishivhirbhudhagitam chando bhirvividhe prithat brahma sutra padayishaival he tu madhhirvinishchitai.
0: This has also been said in various distinct ways by sages in different scriptural verses and well reasoned, definitive aphorisms on the knowledge of the supreme spirit Brahmasutra. That is so, say the Vedant, great sages, Brahma-sutra, and Krishna all say the same thing. Krishna is therefore only saying what others have already said. Is the corporal body just what is visible of it? The question is taken up in the following verse.
1: Mahabhutanya hankaro buddhiravyaktami vacha indriyani dasaikancha ETATKSHETRAM savikara SAVIKARAMUDARITAM
0: Speaking briefly, mutable physical body is the aggregate of the five elements, ego, intellect, even the unmanifest, the ten sense organs, the five objects of sense, as well as desire, malice, pleasure and pain, and intelligence and fortitude. Summarizing the constitution of the body, which is Kshetra, with all its variants, Krishna tells Arjuna that it is made up of the five great elements, earth, water, fire, ether and air, ego, intellect and soul which instead of being named has been called the unmanifest metaphysical nature and thus throws light upon primal nature with its eight parts apart from this the other components are the ten senses eyes ears nose skin tongue organ of taste hands feet genital organ and anus mind the five objects of sense, form, taste, smell, sound, and touch, desire, malice, pleasure and pain, and consciousness and calm courage. The body, the gross corporal frame, is the composite of all these parts. This, in brief, is Kshetra, and the good or bad seeds sown in it sprout as sanskar, Made up of components which have evolved from a previous source or nature, Prakriti, the body must exist so long as these components survive. Let us now see the attributes of the Kshatragya who is uninvolved in and free from this
1: Kshatra. Amanitvamadam Bhitvam. Ahim Sakshanti Rajavam Acharyopasanam Shocham Steryamatma Vinigraha
0: Absence of pride and arrogant conduct, disinclination to do injury to anyone, forgiveness, integrity of thought and speech. Devoted service to the teacher, outward as well as inner purity, moral firmness, restraint of the body along with the mind and senses. These are only some of the attributes of the Kshatragya indifference to honor and dishonor, freedom from vanity, and reluctance to hurt anyone, ahimsa. Ahimsa does not mean desisting from acts of physical violence. Krishna told Arjuna earlier that he ought not to degrade his soul. To lead the soul to degradation is true violence, hīnsa, whereas to elevate it is non-violence, ahīnsa. A man who is inclined to the amelioration of his own soul is also actively devoted to the well-being of other souls. It is true, though, that this virtue has its inception from not hurting others. The one is but a necessary concomitant of the other. So ahinsa, mercy, honest thought and speech, faithful service to and worship of the teacher, purity, firmness of mind and heart, and control of the body along with the mind and the senses, and disinterest in pleasures of both the world and heaven, absence of ego, constant reflection over the maladies of birth, death, old age, sickness and pain.
1: Asakti ranabhishvanga putradharagrihadishu nityan chasamachitta tvam ishta nishtopa
0: Detachment from son, wife, home, and the like, freedom from infatuation bearing with both the pleasant and the unpleasant, with equanimity.
1: Maichananya Yogena Bhakti-ravya-bhicārinī vivikta sevitvam Aratirjana-sausadī
0: Unswerving devotion to me with a single-minded concern for yoga, fondness of living in sequestered places, distaste for human society, fixing the mind firmly on Krishna, a Yogeshwar, or on some sage like him, so that there is remembrance of nothing else except yoga and devout contemplation of nothing besides the desired goal, dwelling in solitary places, Disinterest in the company of men and
1: Adyatmagana nitetvam Tatvagana tadarshanam Etajganamitiproctam Agganam yadatunyatha.
0: Constantly resting in the awareness that is called Adyatam and perception of the Supreme Spirit, who is the end of realization of truth, are all knowledge, and whatever is contrary to them is ignorance. Adyatam is the knowledge of God's dominance. The awareness that is derived from a direct perception of the Supreme Spirit, the ultimate essence, is knowledge. Krishna said in chapter 4 that the man who tastes the mana of knowledge generated by the accomplishment of Yajna becomes one with the eternal God. Here, too, he says that apprehension of the reality that the Supreme Spirit is, is knowledge. Whatever is opposed to it is ignorance. The aforesaid attributes, such as an attitude of equanimity toward honor and dishonor, Complement this knowledge. The discussion of the problem is now concluded.
1: Gayam Yat pravakshami Shami Yajgatvam Rita
0: I shall discourse to you well upon the God without a beginning or end, who is worthy of being known, and after knowing whom the stuff of immortality is gained, and who is said to be neither a being nor a non-being. Krishna promises to enlighten Arjuna well on that which ought to be known and after knowing which the mortal man achieves the quality of deathlessness. The ultimate God, who is without a beginning and end, is said to be neither a being nor a non-being, because so long as He is removed, He is an entity. But who can say what He is when a worshiper, a sage, is assimilated in Him? Now there is only a single entity, and the consciousness of otherness is obliterated. In such a state, God is neither an entity nor a non-entity. He is only that which is spontaneously perceived. Krishna now elaborates the ways of this great soul.
1: Sarvata Pani Padam Tat Sarvato Shiro Mukham Sarvata Svitimaloki Sarvamam Vritatishtati.
0: He has hands and feet, eyes, heads, mouths, and ears on all sides because he exists pervading all in the world
1: sarve guna bhasam sarve vivarjitam asaktam sarva nirgunam nirgunam gunabhoktrich
0: Knowing the objects of all senses, he is yet without senses. Unattached to and beyond the properties of nature, he is yet the sustainer of all, and he is also the one into whom all the properties merge. Devoid of senses, unattached, and beyond the properties of matter, he yet sustains all and is the enjoyer of all properties. As Krishna has said before, he is the enjoyer of all yajna and penances. All the three properties are thus dissolved in him at last.
1: vahiran acharam charami Vacha. SUKSHMATVATTA DAVIGYEYAM
0: Existing in all animate and inanimate beings, he is both animate and inanimate. He is also unmanifest because he is so subtle and both distant and close. He is all-pervading, both animate and inanimate, imperceptible because of his fineness, beyond knowing by the mind and the senses, and both close and far away.
1: Bhuta Prabhavishnu
0: The Supreme Spirit, who is worth knowing and who appears to be different in different beings, although he is one and undivided, is the begetter, sustainer, and destroyer of all beings both external and inner phenomena have been indicated here. For instance, external birth and inner awakening, external sustenance and inner adherence to the beneficial yoga, external change of body and inner dissolution of all, that is, the disintegration of the causes that lead to the generation of beings. And along with this dissolution, access to the identical God. These are all attributes of that supreme Being.
1: Jyoti, Shama, Pitam, Jyoti, Tamas, Gyanam, Geem, Gyanagam, The light
0: among lights, and said to be beyond darkness, that God, the embodiment of knowledge, worthy of being known and attainable only through knowledge, dwells in the hearts of all. The awareness that comes with intuitive perception is knowledge. And by this knowledge alone can there be realization of God. He dwells in the hearts of all. The heart is his dwelling and we cannot find him if we search for him anywhere else. Therefore, it is laid down by the canon that God can be attained only through inner contemplation and conduct of yoga.
1: iti kshetram tatha jnanam geyam choktam samasatah madbhakta etad vighnaya
0: knowing the truth of what has been briefly said of kshetra knowledge And of God, who ought to be known, my devotee attains to my state. Krishna now makes use of the terms nature or prakriti and soul or purush for what he earlier described as kshetra and kshetragya.
1: Prakritim purusham chaiva. Vidhyanadi Ubhavapi Vikaransha Gunanshaiva Prakriti Sambhava.
0: Be it known to you that both nature and soul are without beginning and end, and also that maladies such as attachment, revulsion, and all the objects that are possessed of the three properties are born from nature.
1: Karyakarana kar Hetu prakriti ruchate Purusha sukha dukhana Bhuk tritve hetu ruchate.
0: Whereas nature is said to be the begetter of deed and doer, the soul is said to be begetter of the experience of pleasure and pain. Nature is said to generate deed and the agent by whom a deed is accomplished. Discrimination and renunciation are the doers of good, while passion and anger are the doers of evil deeds. On the contrary, the soul engenders feelings of pleasure and pain. Will man always continue to suffer, we may well ask, or will he also ever be rid of it? How can one be liberated from nature and soul when both of them are eternal? Krishna now speaks of this.
1: Purusha prakriti sthohi prakriti janguna karanam samgostya
0: The nature based soul experiences nature born objects which are characterized by the three properties, and it is association with these properties that is the cause of his birth in higher or lower forms. That means that liberation from birth and death is to be had only after the cessation of the properties of nature which prompt them. Krishna then tells Arjuna how the soul dwells amidst nature.
1: upadrishtaanumanta cha bharta bhukta maheeshwarah paramaatmeeti cha yukto dehesmin purusha para
0: although residing in the body the soul is transcendental and said to be the witness the grantor, the enjoyer, and the great God and supreme spirit. The soul dwelling in the sphere of the heart is even closer than one's hands, feet, and mind. Whether we do good or evil, he is unconcerned. He just stands as a witness, an onlooker, upadrashta. When the right course of worship is taken and the wayfarer rises a little higher, the approach of the witnessing soul changes and he becomes the grantor, Anumanta. Now he begins to grant and confer intuitions. When the seeker is yet closer to the goal by further spiritual discipline, the soul begins to support and sustain, barta. Now he also provides the propitious yoga. Then he turns into the enjoyer, bhokta, when the worship is even more refined. He accepts whatever yajna or penance is performed, and at the stage after this acceptance, he is transformed into the great god, Maheshwar. He is now master of nature, but since he is master of nature, it follows that nature yet abides in some part of him. At even a higher stage than this, after the soul is endowed with the attributes of the ultimate, he comes to be known as the Supreme Spirit. Thus, although dwelling in the body, this soul, or Purush, is yet transcendental, quite beyond nature. The only difference is, that whereas he is a witness at the beginning, by gradual ascent, after touching the ultimate, he is transformed into the Supreme Spirit himself.
1: Ya evam purusham
0: In whatever manner he conducts himself, the man who knows the truth of the soul and nature with its three properties is never born again this is salvation. Yogeshwar Krishna has so far spoken to Arjuna on the freedom from rebirth, which is the final outcome of the intuitive knowledge of God and nature. But he now stresses yoga, whose mode is worship, for attainment is impossible without the accomplishment of this action.
1: Dhyanena pashanti kechidatmanam atmana anye saṅkhena yogena karma yogena chapare
0: While some perceive the Supreme Spirit in their heart by contemplation with their refined mind, Some others know him by the yoga of knowledge, and yet others by the yoga of selfless action. Some men perceive the Supreme Spirit in the realm of their heart by inner remembrance and meditation. Some others engage in the same task by Sankhya Yoga, or the way of discrimination and knowledge, after a due appraisal of their strength and yet others see him by the way of selfless action. The chief means pointed out in the verse above is meditation. The way of knowledge and the way of selfless action are the two modes of embarking on this deed of meditation and worship. But ignorant of these ways, there are yet others who worship by just learning the truth from accomplished sages. And, relying upon what they hear, they also doubtlessly steer across the gulf of the mortal world. So, if we can do nothing else, we should at least seek the company of accomplished sages.
1: Yavat some jayate kinchit Satvam stavar jangamam Ksetra Ksetra Yasayoga Tadvidhi Bharatar
0: Remember, O oh, the best of Bharat, Arjun that whatever animate or inanimate being exists is born from the coming together of the insentient Kshatra and the sentient shatragya. On the state in which the final attainment is made, Krishna has this to say,
1: samam sarveshu hote shu tishtantam paramishwaram vinashyat swa vinashantam
0: he alone knows the truth who steadily sees the imperishable god in all animate and inanimate beings that are destructible. That soul alone apprehends reality who has a steady perception of the immortal God in the animate and inanimate beings that are annihilated in their own special ways. In other words, he is of the state of the Supreme Spirit only after the characteristic destruction of that nature, never before it. The same idea was expressed in the third verse in chapter 8, when Krishna pronounced that the destruction of that condition of beings which generates good or evil impressions, sanskar, is the culmination of action. Action is then complete. He means the same when he now declares that only he knows the truth who is steadily aware of the presence of eternal God, imperishable. Animate and inanimate beings.
1: Samam Paschandisai Samavasthitam Samavastitamishwaram, Tatoyati Param
0: He achieves the supreme goal because, evenly perceiving the existence of the identical God in all beings, he does not himself degrade his self. He does not destroy himself because he constantly sees God as akin to his own self, so he attains to the final bliss of salvation. Now the qualities of the accomplished soul are pointed out.
1: Prakriti eva chakramani, kriyamanani sarvashah, yah tatmanam akar taram
0: And that man knows the truth, who regards all action as performed by nature, and his own soul as a non-doer. Viewing all action as accomplished by nature implies that he sees the occurrence of action only as long as nature survives. He also sees the soul as a non-agent, and thus he comes by awareness of reality.
1: Yadabhuta prithagvam ekasthamanupasheti tata evachavistaram drumhasampadhyati tada.
0: He realizes God when he sees the whole variety of beings as resting upon and as an extension of the will of that one Supreme Spirit. When a man sees the diffusion of God through all the various states of beings and regards them as but an extension of the same God, he attains to Him. No sooner is this stage reached than he realizes God. This too is an attribute of a sage, a great soul with a steady wisdom.
1: anaditva nirgunatva paramatmayam vyaya sharira stho pikam teya nakaroti
0: Although embodied, the imperishable Supreme Spirit is neither a doer nor tainted because, O son of Kunti, he is without beginning or end and transcending all properties. How it is so is illustrated in the following verse.
1: Yatha <laughs>
0: As the all-extensive sky is unsullied because of its subtlety, even so, the embodied soul is neither a doer nor tainted because he is beyond all the properties. It is further said of him,
1: Yatha prakāśa yatyeka Kritsnam lokamimam ravihi Kṣetram kṣetri tatha kritsnam prakashayati bharata
0: the soul illuminates the whole shetra just as the one sun lights up the entire world then follows the final verdict
1: chitra kshetragyayorevam antaram gyan chakshusha
0: They who have thus perceived the distinction between Kshatra and shakragya, and the way of liberation from the maladies of nature with the eye of wisdom attain to the Supreme Spirit. Sages who know the difference between nature and soul as also the way of liberation from mutable nature realize God. That is to say that knowledge is the eye with which one may see the reality of shetra and shetragya. And that knowledge here is a synonym for intuitive perception. Conclusion Dharmakshetra and Kurukshetra were named right at the beginning of the Gita, but they were not located, and it is only in the present chapter that Krishna points out to Arjuna that the human body itself is Kshetra, and the one who knows it is a Shetragya. However, rather than being entangled in it, he is liberated, and he provides direction to it. Is the body the Kshetra, only so much as we see of it. Recounting its main components, Krishna has said that it is the sum of primal nature with its eight parts, the unmanifest nature, the ten sense organs and mind, the five objects of senses, desire, greed, and passion. So long as these components survive, the body must also be in some form or the other, this is the field, or shetra on which the sown seeds, whether good or bad, grow as sanskar. The one who voyages successfully across this sphere is a shetragya, Possessed of divine moral virtue, he is the one who determines the operations of shetra. The present chapter is mainly devoted to a detailed elaboration of shetragya. The scope of shetra is indeed wide and extensive. To speak the word body is so easy, but what vastness is contained within this simple expression? It is coextensive with the primal nature of the entire universe. It is coextensive with endless space. It is thus the animating principle of life, and no being can exist without it. This whole universe, this world, these countries and provinces, and this apparent human body are not even a fraction of that nature. Thus, besides Kshetrajya, the chapter also dwells at length on Shetra. Thus concludes the thirteenth chapter in the Upanishad of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita on the knowledge of the Supreme Spirit, the science of yoga. And the dialogue between Krishna and Arjuna entitled Shetra Shetragya Vibhag Yoga, or The Sphere of Action and Its Knower. Thus concludes Swami Yadgaranand's exposition of the 13th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita in Yatart Gita. Om.
1: Tatsat.